0: Hi, my name is Chioma Deer. I am the managing partner and owner of the Deer Law Firm in West Palm Beach, Florida.
1: Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have a real sweet person. I think she's going for Saint Hood. You could call her a real Deer. Chioma Deer is her name. You could put Esquire in the back of that, or you can put doctor in front, however you like to address her when you see her. Just make sure that you're ready to pay that invoice because law school surely isn't getting any cheaper. So Chioma, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
0: Good good morning. I am doing well. I am blessed. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on. And I thank Dr. Roundtree for putting us together and all... Yes. All that, you know, she does in the community and let the people know, because somebody will look at you, they'll see you and say, wow, this person just graduated law school. You know, this 22 year old right here. Um, what can I learn from her? So give us the game because you do estate
0: planning.
1: and I you know, do. I do. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, your law, you're you're not over there. Well, maybe you are over there arguing with families all the time cuz when people know no, no.
0: <laughs> well um so just tell you a little bit more about me and my firm
1: mhm
0: okay i am a uh, i'm licensed to practice in the state of florida i've been a a lawyer for 14 15 years in a couple of months uh here in florida um i started my law firm in about 2014 um always knew that as an attorney as a as a young attorney that in order to stake my claim in this business I had to have my own business so even though I was out, I worked for other other lawyers or other uh, law firms I always had my own firm and so um with that I decided to branch out from litigation which is what I was doing for most of my career and um, technology and e-discovery and litigation to helping people a little bit more personally by um, helping people with estate planning. So wills, trust, asset protection, Medicaid planning, and things like that, as well as probate, which is after people pass away with or without a will or trust administration. And I started doing that in about uh, 2017 And uh, last year, June in 2021, I um, opened my practice as it is now under the brand of Deer Law Firm. And um, I've been doing great ever since. It's been um, a wonderful fulfillment of what I think is my purpose and my calling to help people to maintain and preserve the wealth and legacy that they have here in the United States and helping people after the after their family members have passed away with compassionate guidance through the probate and trust administration process. That's what I've been doing.
1: How, how is it, you know... I, I I go back to like being, being a, a kid and reading the John Grisham books and somebody passes and you see how nasty people can get once people pass. And I've had it happen in my life, but it wasn't nasty because things were put together. But even how in the John Grisham books, is it like a John Grisham book where even the lawyers and the CPAs are all trying to get their piece of the puzzle? Cause this person passed. Have you seen that? Is that real?
0: I, it is real. And I have seen it. And um, although it's different in every various state and various countries and various counties in the United States, the bottom line is, um, you should try to avoid probate at all costs. Uh, and that's one of the things that I try to educate my community and my clients and, my, and um, people who just ask questions about um, probate and um, estate planning. Probate is um, the process by which the person's assets has to be um, inventoried or accounted for. And if they have a will, the court determines if the will is valid. And all of those assets gets then divided between whoever those beneficiaries or heirs may be for that dead person. All of that will require... People to go to court. And in Florida, if you are the representative of the estate, you're technically like a corporation and you're required to have an attorney if it's more than one beneficiary. So you kind of have to go to court if you have a will with assets in your estate. And if you don't have a will, but you have assets that you need to pass on. And it does get nasty. Sometimes people don't agree with what is in a will, sometimes people get disinherited. And um, attorneys are allowed to get paid for their work. And um, in order for things to be complete and accurate and truthful, you do have to hire other people, appraisers, CPAs, real estate agents, all of these other people come into play, which may not be necessary if you were avoiding probate in the first place. Yeah, so it, it can get like that.
1: Somebody out there is saying, good God. And I'm, I'm doing a play on name, y'all, because that's, mm-hmm. that's what her name means. But, you know, I have to do a lot. Should I, to avoid some of this, you know, jump in to maybe, maybe like putting all my assets in crypto into a metaverse so I can avoid this, you know, nonsense, like some people don't think they have enough to, you know, get a lawyer and get, do estate planning. Is there ever a certain amount where you tell people, okay, you've made X amount of dollars. You have to do some estate planning, or it's going to get nasty because some folks are like, well, I'm broke and I might make a lot of money, but I plan on spending it all before I leave here. So there'll be nothing left. Like, is there a cap? I'm just saying that for the average worker, which is 40,000 and below, some people say, why do I need that? I don't have anything.
0: Well, a lot of, um, and that's a really, really good point, right? A lot of um, more than, I think the the latest Gallup poll was like 47% of Americans who answered that poll said that they had a will or trust in place. Some estate planning document that says what happens to their financial assets after they die. Um, It all depends on whether or not you want to pass anything on. And I mean, I get that you don't wanna have to deal with it or you think the people who are leaving behind will have to deal with it and they just have to pay money out of the estate and call it a date. That's a a decision as well. But the whole plan of trying to outlive your money may not be a good plan (laughs) because you may outlive all the money that you've made or all the money that you've spent. It's always a balance. You're always supposed to be working in harmony with what you're doing. So yes, you can try to make sure that um, whatever you leave doesn't necessarily go to any person. It could go to a charity or organization or a cause that you feel strongly about. So it's not a family member that's getting it, those people that you don't like, but you should still plan something. Here's the thing. A lot of people don't think that they are gonna die anytime soon or that if they do, the person that they're leaving behind won't die before them. I don't know why they think that, that the, whoever they're leaving money to will be, you know, immortal. They can't pass away and they should not pass. They, they forbid them from passing away before them. But that kind of planning is what I help people through. I walk people through um, thinking about all the contingencies. And just because you feel like you don't have enough doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a will in place. In Florida, a will cover is the only thing that governs what you own at the time of your death. And it's the only way for you to control anything at the time of your death. So my example for those people who, who think that they don't have a lot, they're the the average working person. Even if you're renting, you may have a car, that's an asset. You may have money in your bank account. You may be planning for your retirement so you could spend all the money before you die, right? So all of that stuff needs to be accounted for. Say you do have a property in this day and age with the market as it is, a lot of times that's your most valuable asset that you will be leaving behind and that something will happen to. And more often than not, that means going to your family, your loved ones going to probate. So for me, the cap is that you have a job and you have any assets. And sometimes that could be as a creative, right? A lot of people don't think about what they create digitally as valuable. That's one of the things I talk about my clients and my community all the time. When you are a creator, whatever you're creating is valuable. If you're a content creator online, if you're a graphic designer, if you're an artist creating different types of mediums, all of that is worth something. Even if you're just doing like crochet. Some people call that art and it means something to people. Either it has sentimental value or it has monetary value. But usually if you can quantify and and value it, it it means that you have an asset that you want to pass on or you should account for. So I don't try to say, no, you don't have enough to do estate planning because there's just no way to, to, to understand that without having a consultation with someone and walking it through with them so that they can understand all of that. And no, everybody doesn't need the same thing. I don't do cookie cutter. But I do believe that everyone should account for things and let their loved ones know what they want to have happen, even if it's not with the formality of a will. It could just be a, a letter or a legacy will that wouldn't be valid in Florida, but would have some direction for the people that they're leaving behind.
1: When you talk about direction, I want to go back because I have the right one, baby, to talk about what I have been seeing many people who are into crypto, Web3 and, and metaverses. And I want to go back to because I know cybersecurity is one of your, you know, um, passions and loves. But I mean that like you, you'll find it on other podcasts, you guys. So I'm not endorsing this, but I have someone who. Is qualified to give us her true opinion and what the law says because there are people who think that they can take their Nano X wallet, have this crypto, um, they're in these different you know blockchains and metaverses, hold all their assets, they are not pay tax. Ask Wesley Stipes what happened with that, um, and so many others, you know, and they think that if I let's say something happens to me or apocalypse comes, I don't have to tell anybody where my, you know, they can go grab my crypto and I have a smart contract. Cause people just love to throw out buzzwords. You know, I have a smart contract in this metaverse and as a sovereign citizen, I don't have to abide by the rules <laughs> of, you know. Yeah. I, and these are the things I hear and people just co-sign on other shows. It's like, that's right. Because they, you say is what they should say. And here, warning, warning, warning. So give us the game of what you think about the Web 3 and all that I just aforementioned.
0: I mean, no matter what, lawyers are involved in all of that, right? Nothing really gets done without a lawyer knowing about it or creating some type of contract, some type of language that abides by some law. Even if it's not a law that is in the country that you're in, there's a lawyer involved in some of this. So that being said, what you're talking about are digital assets. And the question really boils down to, do you wanna leave that to somebody, something, someone, another member of the metaverse? If that's the case, then you just need to account for it. What I just did a digital assets seminar to other, other estate planning and probate lawyers who really don't have any idea Right. They, they heard the horror stories of the person who had a hot wallet um, laying around and the nephew just walked in and took it. And nobody even knew that it was in their estate. So thousands or millions of dollars out the door. And it could be that those contracts are worth a lot of money as well. You know, those non-traditional investments are worth a lot of money. You do just have to account for it. It doesn't change anything. you know. In terms of digital assets, they are assets. They are quantifiable. If they are quantifiable and you want it to be able to be transferred legally, you know, under the, the, the supervision and advice of a court, then you account for it in your estate planning. If you know that the person or, or people that you're leaving it to you know are are going to take it and go then that's fine. You know everybody doesn't usually end up with everything in someone's estate anyway. There's always something that may be unknown out there that people just don't account for and it may be lost forever. But one of the things that I try to advise people is if you're going to do estate planning, don't do it halfway. Don't leave your family and loved ones guessing. Don't leave the representative, the corporate trustee that you're leaving behind guessing as to what that might be. It's just going to eat up your estate. It's going to leave less for the people you want to leave stuff to. So yes, there's a lot of movement and things like that. But in the big scheme of things, everything is everything, right? It's what you want to do with the assets, what you want to have happen. and unless you found the key to um, not dying in this mortal frame, unless you figure how to hold on to that and actually transcend to the the metaverse and continue living that way and retain control over all your assets, it's gonna go somewhere. So it's either gonna dissipate, it's either going to um, be Um, taken by the people who are in the metaverse who have access to you or someone else that you may not want to have it will take it as if you don't account for it so I always try to advise people to you know just account for things even if it's in secret even if it's so that it will pass to someone else without anybody else knowing just account for it so uh, I get that, and and of course, I'm gonna remind everyone to be safe and secure in how they they lock down their stuff. So that um, not only will you be able to protect your assets and your digital currency or digital assets, but also so that whoever you're leaving behind to handle this stuff will have access to it as well. You know, don't re- remind the people not to take your phone and hand it back to AT and because you need your phone and your laptop to access the hot wallet. Like those basic things that, you know, if a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old dies, their parents may not know what the hell that means. So you definitely want to leave some some indication as to what you want to have happen to it and how to access that stuff. <laughs>
1: I'm laughing because when you said that, and that, not that death is funny, but you can find humor in all things. It is funny sometimes. If, yeah, if you, somebody dies and someone says, I just found all these, like, you know, let's say a nano or a a treasure wallet. And I don't know what this is. Oh, this gadget. Oh, nah, this is for video games. I know how to use this.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I always think of of someone who actually shows up one day to the wake or the viewing, and you know, the repass, and they see oh, and someone gets that, someone pockets that, because the people around and milling around don't have any idea what that is, or else it would have been secured, right? Um, And there's a lot that goes into all of that. And um, there is a federal statute and a Florida statute that talks about the fiduciary access to digital assets. That includes your your email, your social media accounts, all of your business accounts, all of your digital currency, like cryptocurrency and all the different wallets and things like that. Florida um, tracked the federal statute in that regard And there are very specific things that fiduciaries or the people that you leave in charge of stuff are allowed to do and are not allowed to do. And that includes not just after you pass away, but when you're alive. Like if you give someone a power of attorney, a lot of power of attorneys don't include that power to access and manage your digital assets. My power of attorneys have that, but not a lot of these, you know, fast food online ones do. And if they do, they may not cite the Florida statute if you are a Florida resident. So there's a lot that goes into that because technology is always changing and Florida does try to keep up with that. I think Florida is one of the better states to actually try to keep up with technology and how things are moving fast when it comes to um, estate planning. We have a lot of new people coming into our state, a lot of tech people coming into our state and Florida, um, especially the um what they call the reptile section, which is real property probate and trust law section. Um, they try to keep up with everybody that's coming in and are actually a really strong legislative, um, how would I say, I would call it kind of a, a, a voice in the legislature when it comes to that. Like they ask, um, legislature asks a, a reptile for white, white papers and approval for a lot of the, the statute that comes through. So I just want everyone to know that it's not as though that type of stuff doesn't exist. It exists to help people while they're alive, as well as after they've passed on to protect their assets, even if it's in a digital form, after they've gone as well.
1: I love that because a lot of people think because of their ignorance of the law and, you know, I'm sure you hear people all the time, especially my Moorish brothers, you know, I studied the law and (laughs) you can see them even on, you know, different people, sovereign citizens online. And, you know, I, I don't have to abide by the laws. Have you ever seen somebody like going to court or heard of a case where like, these people have really won because you know what they say. If you represent yourself as a client, what you are. Um, Have you ever like seen or or heard of anybody who's a non-JD who's just whooping this uh, courts, especially the Supreme Court? It Um, happens
0: every once in a while. I haven't personally seen it in all the times that I've been in court. I haven't actually seen anyone appear before the court as a sovereign citizen. Um, there are instances in my mind that I recall where, yeah, you can win a battle here or there. But generally speaking, if you live in the country, you abide by the laws, especially the the, the criminal statutes that, that are in here. I think um, the federal stat, the, sorry, the civil statutes, you know, like probate, like the digital assets law, Those are all things that can be um, argued one way or the other, but I haven't seen anything like that. And I'm sure that there may be an argument for that, but it depends on what your whole thought of, I mean, are you saying that you don't want anyone to get anything? So where does it go after you die? You know, it kind of, walk it all the way through when you think about things like that. And if you're trying to give it from one sovereign person to another, then you have to have some really solid case law behind you to be able to do that because Florida doesn't have any taxes. Generally speaking, it's really revenue and, and, um, and they've tracked the federal statutes when it comes to state taxes. So you, in, in um, federal statute right now is about $12 million that you have to have that's passing out of your estate. And there are so many ways that you can reduce the tax tax implications if if you are five and six million above in terms of the value of your estate. And when I say value of estate or when any estate planning attorney says value of the estate, think about it this way, that's just your assets. So that includes your home, any other real estate that you own, All your bank accounts, all your brokerage accounts, all your investment accounts, your IRAs, all the retirement accounts, anything like that, annuities, life insurance policies, every single one of them. Doesn't matter if they have beneficiaries. All of that is included, as well as um, any other asset that you may have anywhere else in the country. Add all of that up, and that's generally what us estate planning attorneys are talking about. We're not talking about your your income. We're talking about what could possibly be dropped into your estate, and that is how we calculate what that would be. And for for planning purposes nowadays, because we're in this weird situation with the sunsetting of the um, of the the taxes, the the um, estate taxes act, which is in twenty twenty six if it sunsets, it goes back down to about $5, 6000000 million. So if someone is at $5 million right now and they're doing their estate planning with me, I'm helping them to, to think ahead so they don't have to come back to me if it changes. If it doesn't and they keep growing, we still have to talk about it anyway, right? You may end up at $12 million regardless. So I always try to um, keep up with what's going on in the law, in the world, especially in Congress, because all of that matters to what happens to your estate and whether or not you're going to hand half of that 40 percent over to Uncle Sam. If you don't plan, it's an automatic thing. It's going to go. You're not going to be able to, to hand off the things that you want to hand off to the people that you love or to your family members.
1: So for all the folks who, if you are in those categories or whatever you, you you know, you think you can outsmart the systems, there's very few Fon Lozman's in the world. If you guys don't know, you can Google that name, put in Riviera Beach, very few people. um, And they usually think on a whole different, different, you know, level. They're like cyborgs. There's a lot of different
0: ways to go about things. So, I mean... Nothing, nothing is, you know, all is never lost, right? You just need to connect with someone who is an experienced estate planning attorney, who is willing to either work with the people that you have in your life, like a financial advisor, a CPA, any, you know, real estate broker or things like that. that, especially if you have a lot going on, you want someone who can plug into that circle and be in that wheel with you. You don't want someone who's gonna try to take over and push you in any specific direction. You want someone who will go with the flow of what you've already intended for you and your wealth and your family.
1: Got you. Got you. Now let the people know because they think about, okay, I need this. I want to leave something. I want to make sure people don't have to fight over it and there's no GoFundMe's. Mm-hmm. Once they do their planning, can you give um a range of what that could cost for the average person with the average salary? And then is there any maintenance fee where they have to update? Because, you know, you buy a piece of property here or you you buy a whole uh, block in whatever metaverse and you say, I want to protect this. Like, what could those costs be? Because people sometimes get scared even to call you because they're like, I know it's going to be more than I want to pay.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, you know, um, the way that I think about it is, You just like you have to pay people when you're doing a purchase to help you with this purchase. Right. Because there are other people with expertise that maybe you don't know about uh, things that you don't know about. I mean, Um, you do have to pay an estate planning attorney. This is what I would recommend if you are um, looking to work with an estate planning attorney, really have all your paperwork together. Have a good understanding of what you're thinking about and if not get educated one of the things that i do all the time are um estate planning webinars and i love when prospects or people coming in to meet with me watch one of them because it just kind of opens the door opens the window to the possibilities that might exist in terms of estate plan estate planning um yes it can cost money If you are thinking in terms of just a simple will and things like that, that may go up to maybe a couple thousand dollars, depending on what you plan on doing and whether or not you wanna include any asset transfers in the mix, such as a deed or anything like that. Um, For a trust, a revocable living trust, it will certainly be more than $2,500 and up. It could be as much as $5,000. And if you're trying to do multiple sub-trusts and you're trying to do legacy planning, you're trying to put a foundation together, now you're talking close to eight, nine, $10,000 because you have to put all of these things in place and then make sure that it's funded. The big difference between a will and a trust is that a will is a testamentary document. The court has to follow that. A trust doesn't exist Because it's a contract and it doesn't exist to the court, which is why people love it, because you don't have to go to probate when you have a properly funded trust. But a trust is really a contract between you as a grantor, you as a beneficiary, and you as a trustee. That's all that a trust is. It's a contract. The key to uh, making sure that a trust works for you is to make sure that that trust either owns it now while you're alive that asset or owns that asset at the time of your death. For example, you either um, transfer your title of the property to the trust now while you're alive. So when you pass away, you don't have have to ask the court to transfer it to anybody. Or upon your death, your life insurance policy will drop into the trust. So now that $1 million policy that you have will drop into a trust and fund your kid's college education. And they won't get any of that money until they turn 25 while it's while they're waiting for it to while they're waiting for it to completely fund and and get to them, their education will be paid, and they'll be protected from creditors. They'll be protected from judgments. They'll be protected from divorces so that no one will walk away with the hard-earned money that you saved up to leave for your kids just because they had it in a joint account with their spouse that they now divorced. A lot of good things can happen with trust, but a lot of important things can happen with wills as well, which is why usually if you're working with an estate planning attorney, that trust should come with a will. And that's called a pour over will. Most places in the United States is called that. And that's because that will merely tells the court, hey, judge, could you make sure that whatever didn't get into my trust when I was alive goes into my trust? That's it. That's all that will says. It doesn't say anything else. And the trust will govern. And the court will say, OK, here you go. So it's a much shorter probate proceeding if one has to happen, but at least you have a will in place and whatever doesn't get in the trust is not going to get, you know, div it off or divided off between all the people you didn't want to get it in the first place. There's a lot of great things that you can do with an estate planning attorney and it does not have, it should not be hourly. It should be flat fee. I, my, personally, whenever a, per, a client signs up with me, they have access to me. They just make an appointment and they don't have to worry about paying hourly fees when they work with me as an estate planning attorney. As a probate attorney, that's different because it depends on what we're doing. But estate planning attorneys should be people that listen to you and follow your instructions, guide you among, towards the right path, and ask some tough questions that allows you to really search your soul and decide what you want to do with the things that, you know, and make plans with you. Yes. If you do have to make changes to your estate plan, it will cost more money. It's work. We have to put stuff together. We have to make new deeds. We have to transfer things out to reduce the tax cost, the tax liability. We may have to, hey, say, hey, you are way too high in terms of how much money you are valued at right now, or in order to make sure that this doesn't drop into the wrong hands like the hands of the child that you haven't talked to in 20 years let's make sure that this gets transferred to someone else upon your death those kind of things are really updating your estate plan and it doesn't mean that you have to be over 5 million dollars in your assets you could just you know inherit another house or half a house now you have to figure out what to do with that your estate planning attorney will help you walk through that, and that happens a lot. People end up with, you know, this extra asset in their lap, asset slash liability in the term of a house, that they may not know what to do with. And an estate planning attorney can guide them through that. Any changes to your estate plan should be made, just like you would think of in terms of um, life insurance, which you should always have, by the way. No GoFundMe's. No GoFundMe. I'll say One thing about that. <laughs> But always, um, if if you have a, a life event, right, married, divorce, child, new child, or anything like that, new asset that comes into your life, all of those things require a call to your insurance agent, usually, right, and a call to your estate planning attorney so that you can update those things. And that could range between $250 to $1,000. It depends on what you're going to be doing, how much changes you're going to be making.
1: And And so... This is a question I I think for a listener who is, you know, getting closer to retirement, you know, 20 years ago they met uh Rakshana. That's a beautiful woman y'all and somebody's middle name too. But um they That's they, my they, middle name. Is it really? Wow, Okay, what got a coincidence. <laughs> but they' met the woman, and then things happen in their retirement. You know, they got the motorcycle. they had the midlife crisis. and now they're trying to create all this to keep it away from this woman, but they want their kids to have it, right? I, I, I you say, why don't they just break up, you guys? I don't know why people do half the <laughs> stuff we do. so they marry they marry
0: a really young person. Or mm-hmm. their nurse, mm-hmm. or you know someone who doesn't know anybody else in the family and is taking them away, but they still yeah. want to try to preserve their wealth and make sure that they pass things on to their family members. In Florida, spouses have a lot of rights, specifically if, if they have not been um, accounted for in a prenuptial agreement, because a prenuptial agreement actually can deal with death as well. A lot of people think that prenuptial agreement only deals with divorce. Prenuptial agreements can actually include, and if you die, I don't want any of your stuff, and you don't get any of my stuff. That actually can be included in a prenup agreement. A lot of people don't know that. But when you are um, married for the second or third time, one of the things that you should consider is updating your estate plan to Maybe provide for this spouse that you're leaving behind. And if possible, a postnuptial agreement that says they don't want any of your stuff, especially, you know, you have to account for homestead in Florida. A lot of other other states in the United States have this homestead type um, deal where spouses are entitled to the residence. So you have a a $500,000 house and you built it with your own hands, you you watch it go up from the ground up and your children were there with you. Maybe you lost your first spouse and she's no longer, or he's no longer alive. And your children are, you know, who you want to pass that house on to. If If it's your homestead, your wife gets first dib. Your husband gets first dibs on that. And because there are other children involved, there are a lot of different ways that you can organize that after death. But either you get a life estate in that homestead as a surviving spouse or you get um, you get to split it with your stepchildren. So unless you account for that in a will or trust or something like that, and they agree to it, that's non-negotiable. It's just going to follow the court and the law when it comes to stuff like that. So be careful when you're doing that. Um, I... Sometimes recommend, depending on who the person is, that they not get married. Just don't do it. Keep your stuff. Keep your stuff. And you know, set up your estate plan so it goes to the children that that have been taking care of you before this person came in your came into your life. And you know, I've had that happen with a couple of people that I've worked with before. And, you know, they may have started out, well, what happens if I get married? Now I'm like, don't do it. Just just (laughs) deal with what you're dealing with here. And leave them on that side, give them something, create a a life insurance policy for them, make sure that they're taken care of, you know, even equivalent to what they would have gotten at had you passed away, but you don't have to get married, I hope people know that, that they don't, like you were saying, you don't have to get married the second, third time, fourth time, fifth time, you don't, it sounds nice, but you don't, it does give your estate planning attorney more work.
1: You guys are getting that game, and that's you know from uh, alumni from from Pace uh, u- University at New York, and that's why she say it three or four times she's seen it. <laughs> um, you know, well in you, Palm
0: Beach County, yeah, kinda that
2: happens. Yeah. Y- yes, really yeah.
1: With all this game, and you guys take notes, rewind um, if you have you know, want more information, of course, get your consulting dollars up because don't call for free. And, you know, she, she has a life. She has a family. She, she likes to hang out with her husband. You don't want to be bored just talking to you about what would have, could have, should have, and you only have $2. But can you tell the people too, with all the success that you've had and the best is yet to come, what is a community give back that you are doing like this all isn't a give back that you've just said or that you would like to do in the future?
0: Well, um, yeah, I'm very much involved with my local legal aid society as an elder law and a state planning attorney. I love to help um, veterans and elders in the community who can't afford an estate planning attorney to make sure that they have their wills in place, their power of attorney in place and things like that. And I regularly work with them to go to various residents, senior homes to help all of those things get signed and explained to the people and the family members who are involved in that process. That is something that I'm really, really excited about doing and I've been doing for quite some time. I'm involved in a lot of organizations the one I'm proudest of is the Lynx Incorporated. We do a lot of work in the community to help um, black children, especially artists to, and engineers, to make sure that they are doing the best that they can and um, graduating and moving on to, to some exciting careers. Our scholarship during the, um, during the graduation years, uh, era uh, time, I should say, is usually the highest in the county. And um, we give a good fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 to qualified and interviewed seniors who pass an, an audit and interview process. So it's always been um, a big part of what I do. But what I'm most proud of when it comes to estate planning and probate is I put on webinars. And I know you were talking about you can't come to me for free. There is an opportunity for people to come to me for free and have a full $450 value consultation with me just by watching that webinar. And in that webinar, I walk them through exactly what a will is, what estate planning is, what a trust can do for someone. And I use it in a, in a, in a way of a story. And I help people to understand not only what happens during that process, but how, do, how I work. How do I help my clients? And what would happen if you signed up with me. And I also tell them how much I charge for a trust. So they get all of that information up front. And if they still want to meet with me, then they can meet with me for free. So I love being able to do that for for my community. I put on um, free webinars all the time. I have a couple coming up regarding Alzheimer's, about Medicaid planning, which is super important. A lot of people don't realize that even though they may have assets and income coming in, that they can set up their assets and income so that they can qualify for Medicaid. And and I love being able to help people with that soup to nuts from the beginning of the legal documents all the way through applying for Medicaid and being prepared for the interview that goes with Medicaid. I help people with that, and I really love that I can um, provide some of those free um, presentations and um, webinars to help people understand this process better and hold on to their wealth and don't throw it away.
1: You guys are getting the game. She said soup to nuts. Check out that book too. Um, I, you know, that, that, that's one, um, in, in America, it's, a uh, you know, there's certain language that is just—it's like dying. You'll say something, and I will say, "Huh? What did you say? Is that Sinking out of nuts? Shakespeare?" Yeah, <laughs> is that a, is that a, is that out of Shakespeare? And it's like, well, I mean, that is a book too that we were yeah, all kind of forced yeah. to read. So. But it's really
0: from beginning to end, we walk yeah. our clients through the whole process. We help them understand what kind of assets they have, and you know, it's not a you know cut and dry situation where anybody that shows up can get qualified for Medicaid. But if there is a possibility, or if you've been denied and said, oh, you need to talk to an attorney about estate planning or you have too much assets or your, your income is too high, but everything else is, is probably going to make you qualify, then you need to talk to someone like me because you need someone in your corner to walk you through this and get things set up. Multi-millionaires are getting Medicaid, are qualifying for Medicaid. And it's not illegal, right? It really is about... What you want to do and how you want to preserve your wealth, so it can be passed on to the next generation.
1: Yeah, and one of them might be Robert Kiyosaki. uh, Y'all, you know, there's all type of games. I hear things when people say that, and I ask like I don't that yeah yeah i act like i don't hear it because i don't i don't want to be you know in a deposition i don't want to be caught for anything um i won't even be speaking english uh in in that thing (laughs) but um we you've given the game and i appreciate that and you really have a heart for teaching as Dave Ramsey would say, because even soup to nuts, I wanted them to Google it. If they didn't know, I want them to go (laughs) read the book, like go read the book, go, go, go find it out. But you are the type of teacher that people need. So you guys definitely check out her website, dearlaw.com. Let me change my
0: background real quick so you can see my information. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, so you can call me and jump to my website. My website has access to um, the on-demand webinar that I was talking about. and if you sign up for that, we'll reach out to you to to schedule your free consultation. Um, I also have webinars that that are coming up. and once you sign up for me, I'll keep you apprised with what's going on in in the deal law firm life as well as um, how I can help you with other things such as um, probate, guardianship for minors, helping special needs children or special needs adults with with what they need to get done, and um, helping people walk through the estate planning process so they make the best decisions for them and their family.
1: You guys, getting the game is half of it. Now you have to do something. There has to be an action. So links are in the description, whether you are listening on Spotify, Our Heart Radio, um, our latest partners at AYV Radio in Freetown, Sierra Leone. Hopefully they're still playing us. You guys can hear Uh, our hearts are out to all the things that are going on out there. And as well as YouTube, get the YouTube numbers up, share the game. You can see everything, share it. It will change someone's life. You guys be blessed
2: hi everyone have you ever been curious about visiting africa which african country were you interested in kenya nigeria uganda south africa ethiopia which country are you interested in my good friend kellen cash coleman So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African. I already know how it's like. I know that you know when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, always wanted to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course. There's a little preview you can listen to. Um, before you actually purchase it if you're interested in this course visit www.diversifiedgame.com don't miss out